wait, nope. I'm thinking of Tron. <laughs> it's practically the same thing, actually. Tron is yeah, it's Am the I not 80s that far version. <laughs> it's the 80s version. Carly just showed her age, I think, except she's not even that old. I know. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. I'm Carly Duke, and today I am joined, not by Chris Roby, if you listened to our last podcast episode, you'll know why, go back and listen, but today I'm here with my good friend, Kelly Fan. Hey, how are you? I'm doing great, Kelly. Why don't you, because our audience, they've... If they listen all the way through the podcast, they have heard your name a lot of times because we mention it every episode. But why don't you tell us who you are? Well, I'm the digital media manager here at Teen Life. I do listen to the podcast every week, uh, probably before everyone else does. (laughs) I was kind of planning on playing uh, the Chris to Carly, but today we switched things up a little, didn't we? We did. This is going to be interesting because this is new for me, Kelly, because you're coming in as the expert and you helped kind of prepare what we're talking about today. And I get to ask all the questions and I get to be (laughs) the Chris, as you said. I know. It makes me a little nervous. You're the (laughs) expert every week. I don't know. I know. Obviously, we're talking social media today because I want you to hear from Kelly some trends and what's going on social media. And then we'll get into, obviously, our other trend and tip later. But Social media is a huge, it's a huge deal, obviously. Yeah. I feel like it's just this blanket statement anymore. You don't have to say it. It's a known fact that social media is a part of our life. It's not really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And there's not a whole lot that we can do about that unless you refuse to own a cell phone, I suppose. Which no one is doing probably anytime soon. It's true. And, you know, for our teens, it's a huge part of their lives and- it's a, a really big way that they do connect with their friends and sometimes even with schools and mm-hmm. um, authority figures. Right. So tell us, talking about teenagers, where are teenagers on social media right now? So in a recent Tallow report, they said that 30 34% of Gen Z said they spend the most time on TikTok. And then the next most was 26% on Instagram. Only about 4% were on Facebook and on Twitter, a whopping 2%. So (laughs) That is so interesting because when I was a teenager, we were on Facebook and Twitter because that's what there was. Right. So it's just interesting. What I thought was cool then is no longer even kind of relevant. You're not cool anymore, Carly. Dang it. (laughs) I know. It's disappointing. Man, that's a bummer. Every once in a while, I do hear a teen say they get all of their news from Twitter, which is equally Mm. terrifying. But... It is. It is. It is a thing for someone. Yes, that's true. Okay, so then going back to like Gen Z and our teenagers, when it comes to like schoolwork, when it comes to how they're interacting with social media, what does that look like? Well, 82% of Gen Z said that social media was a distraction for them while doing schoolwork. And mm. um, I see occasionally articles from education resources that talk about whether or not social media should be a part of their homework, if that should be a part of even English classes. You know, we, when we were in high school, or maybe when I was in high school, I'm a little older than you, (laughs) 
it was a big deal to get your resources from the library instead of getting them from the internet and what was a valid resource from Mm -hmm. the internet. Basically, anything that wasn't .gov wasn't accepted. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, But they do admit that while they love social media and they're on it all the time, it's a distraction. Hmm. I think one of the biggest things when I'm thinking from a what I'm worried about for teenagers on social media, though, is that comparison Mm -hmm. and that ability that they can't ever turn it off. They always know what is happening with their peers at all times, which is terrifying. Right. FOMO is real. Yes, it is. It is. And in fact, 75 percent of the female respondents in that survey said that social media caused them to compare themselves to peers. It Mm -hmm. was very much a factor in their relationship with social media and in their self-esteem. Man, that is, that's a, that's a really big stat. Three and four. Three and four. And 50%, 56%, I'm sorry, of males said the same thing. Mm. So that's still more than half. Right. So when we, we were talking about before we even pressed record about when it comes to social media, that teenagers are a product, which sounds awful. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, and we haven't actually talked about that really on the podcast because that... Netflix documentary came out before we started doing weekly podcasts, but that is a resource if you want to go watch that on yeah, Netflix. It's a good one. But you kind of did some research into this algorithm and what that looks like, especially for our teenagers. So why don't you talk a little bit about that, Kelly? Well, so the algorithm is this mysterious factor in how we view the posts that come up in our feed. Once upon a time, when they first came out with Facebook and with Instagram, it was chronological. If your friend posted at 6 a.m. and you were on at 6.05, you saw their post. Right. But anymore, it's based on how many likes. It's based on whether or not the algorithm believes that people are going to like it. Mm. So you don't even have, you can't control all of the factors in whether or not your post is going to be seen by five people by 500 people or by millions of people. Um, If they look at a post and they say, this is a really interesting image, it has faces on it, or um, not a lot of text is one of their factors they note, Mm. then it might show up on the homepage or on the search page in Instagram, and a lot more people see that. And so these teenagers, they're posting something, and then they're basing their self-worth on likes, comments, and shares, But maybe only five of their friends even saw that post. Mm, Wow. And they can't control that. Yeah, I was going to say that seems twofold because it means that they're basing that on that's almost a moving target Mm -hmm. of if they used to get 100 likes and suddenly they aren't anymore, they're saying, what's wrong with me? Right. But it also means that they're seeing things in their feed that seem organic and they're being pushed material that is based on likes of other people. Because if I think about even my Instagram feed... Lately, I've noticed I'm most I'm seeing less of my friends and more of the accounts that I follow that are influencers or organizations or companies that they're being pushed first because they're getting more interactions. That's right. And maybe they're just better at hashtags. Right. Maybe they have more followers altogether. So they post and in five minutes they have a thousand likes. Mm. Sometimes I see some of those influencer posts and think, man. They have 10,000 likes on this one post. I have you know, five on my last post. How right. does that happen? And a lot of it is the algorithm, um, which in turn 
the algorithm is choosing posts for you based on what they think you're going to like. Hmm. So the more that you like something, the more that you see of that. And that also influences your opinions and what you're likely to buy or vote on or even just want to have, right? That innate desire to have that pink shirt that you've seen Mm -hmm. 10 times. I've heard that a lot, especially TikTok. Um, I have friends that we're in a group chat and a lot of times what that turns into is sending TikToks back and forth. Mm-hmm. But people will say like, hey, you're messing you're messing up my TikTok algorithm. <laughs> like, What uh-huh. I see on my TikTok is going to be influenced because now I'm watching videos that you sent me, right. which is just another interesting part of you are curating your own somewhat, but you also don't have complete control over that, which is where a lot of our, as you said earlier, most of the teenagers are on TikTok. That's right. And um, just recently, actually talking about the algorithm, Instagram I don't know if it was in response to the Facebook whistleblower or because she talked a lot about this mysterious algorithm uh, or if they have always been working on it. But they recently released that they're working on giving us choices about whether we see our feed chronologically or based on accounts that we favorited Mm -hmm. or if we keep it the way that it is where they just feed us what they think we'll like. Interesting. So coming off of this, because like you said, social media is not going anywhere. So what are some takeaways? What can we as adults take away from this conversation about social media? And then what can we do to help our teenagers? Well, I think it's important to remember that nothing is all bad. Really, I I say that. I can think of a few things, I guess, that are probably all bad. But social media is not all bad. There are amazing people that are creating really useful content. Mm -hmm. Even in the mental health realm, there are some accounts that are Very interesting. And um, if you follow the Oasis app, for example, I feel like they have a really good feed that every time I look at one of their posts, I think, oh, yes, that's very good advice. I should be relaxing more. (laughs) Um, Well, and I'll say, too, I'll give a shout out to the Teen Life Instagram page, but Kelly runs our social media and does an incredible job. So if you're not following at Teen Life underscore NGO. That is also a great place because she's really good about reposting and sharing resources because there is a lot out there that's really helpful. Yes. And we do work really hard uh, at curating content that we feel like will be useful for educators and for parents Mm -hmm. and even for teens uh, that will help them in their day-to-day life live better and make better choices. Right. I think a takeaway, too, for our teens is you need to be having conversations with them about the algorithm, about commercialism and what's going on, because if they're not aware of it, then they're being used. That's right. Exactly. And that starts really young. Mm -hmm. Whether you have kids that are four years old or kids that are 14, you can have conversations about, hey, look at that T-shirt or that advertisement. What they're trying to do is get you to buy that. Mm -hmm. They want you to like that brand or that image so that eventually you'll spend money on it. Right. And maybe you will anyway. You know, maybe that is something that you want. Uh, But it's important to recognize how we're influenced by what we see. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I think we know this, but it's good to point out again, research shows that we're healthier physically and mentally when we spend time unplugged. Absolutely. And that can look like different things for different families, whether you impose limits Mm -hmm. or you just say, hey, it's time to 
turn it off and let's all go for a family walk right or no electronics at dinner I know that's a very common one. Everybody puts their phone in a big box and we're going to close it, Mm -hmm. at least for the time we sit down and have dinner together. Especially for teens, I would say those after hours scrolling incessantly before going to bed, it's not healthy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of scientific research out there that talks about the influence just of the blue light, not even the content you're watching, but just scrolling on your phone. It keeps you awake at night. Right. And that's not a healthy thing, uh, especially for teens that often lack sleep. So definitely start conversations with your teens about their habits. And there are some great resources even directly on your phone that will show you how much time you spend on different Mm -hmm. apps. And maybe have conversations that start with, sorry, that start with that, that number and say, hey, you spent three hours a day last week just on Instagram and you spent four hours a day on TikTok. Right. What else did you do with your day? (laughs) Exactly. And if you listened to our last episode, we talked about setting goals and setting tangible ones. So I'll challenge you in this episode, look at something like that and let's say, hey, what's a small step we can take this week and start there. For our trend this week, Kelly, I want to talk about the metaverse because I have heard about this and seen some stuff on it, and I still have just no idea. Dun, dun, dun. No idea what is happening. And so I'm hoping that you can shed some light on the metaverse. (laughs) Well, Carly, you watch a lot of movies. Uh, You watch (laughs) as many movies as anyone I know. Have you seen Ready Player One? No. Okay, I haven't. Oh, you need to watch it. I know. I know I do. The There are two, right? Is there an original and a... Uh, it's actually a series of books. So there there is a book. But the movie, I think they only made Ready Player One. Okay. I could be wrong. I Someone's do know going it's to coming... comment and say this is absolutely wrong. Probably let us know if we're totally off base. I do know a Disney World ride is coming because we saw it being built when we were there in the fall. Oh, so they that are makes perfect sense. Yes, exactly. So they are. Wait, nope. I'm thinking of Tron. <laughs> <laughs> it's practically the same thing, actually. Tron is. Yeah, it's Am the I not 80s that far version. <laughs> it's the 80s version. Carly just showed her age, I think, except she's not even that old. I know. Okay, so forget what I just said. Anyways, <laughs> yes, I do know, but I do know that when people talk about the metaverse, that they are bringing up Ready Player One and that it is mm-hmm. similar to that. So that is something I definitely need to watch. Yeah. You know, the the term was coined in 1992 uh, in the book Snow Crash, which I have never read. But mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that it in 1992, before the internet was even really broad, if you think about it. Right. Um, it was already something that people were imagining and dreaming of. But basically, it is like Ready Player One. Imagine a virtual reality headset, you know, like the Oculus glasses that mm-hmm. you put on and you have an avatar and you would be able to walk around pretty much anywhere you want to. Um, you know, it's not really clear what that looks like if you have to pay for a plane ticket or if you just right. type in Paris and suddenly you're there. But it is something that people are investing in just mm-hmm. like real estate where they're buying street corners on the virtual Times Square so that when you're walking around New York and you're with your headsets on, you'll see their building and their advertisement. So interesting. And I do know I saw the video that came out 
oh man, maybe a couple months ago now, that Facebook is changing their name to Meta Mm -hmm. because they are so committed to this metaverse. They are very committed and they are $10 million a year committed. Man. Yeah. They spend, they just recently said they spend $5 million a year on uh, moderating content Mm -hmm. because all of this bad press has come out, but they're spending $10 million a year on developing the metaverse. Wow. They're all in. Wow. And so I think coming back to what is it, it is a 3D space, correct, where mm-hmm. you can learn, you can socialize, you can collaborate, you're seeing other avatars right. that you're talking to. And here's the deal. It's been around before. Mm-hmm. We're just investing more in it. So right. I know we've talked about Roblox. Yes. Is big. And I think we talked about that in the gaming episode a little bit, maybe a few months ago when we talked about that. But the one that I've seen more is Fortnite has done some stuff similar to this and that they have concerts that you can go to. That seems so silly to me. We were watching that, weren't we, the other day? Yes. It it does. I think Justin Bieber had a concert, too. And I can see if you can't go to a concert, maybe you're not allowed. Maybe your parents' objection isn't the music, but you're allowed to watch the music, just not be at the concert. I could see why a teenager would think that was amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. Or even an adult. Right. It's just so interesting, though, because it's so much better in person. It's so much better when you're actually there with people. Now, I do know still with COVID and health that people are wary of that. So this would be a really cool way to interact if you can't leave your home. Right. I think, you know, it's like we were saying with social media, the possibilities of good things happening are definitely there. If you even think, I can't attend an A group in person tonight, but I'm going to put on my my glasses and still be able to attend a support group that Mm -hmm. will help me. That is absolutely a positive use potentially in the future. I, I think my personal fear if we want to call it that as a parent, would be, I can't see what's happening Oh yeah. when you have those glasses on. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm wearing the glasses next to you and participating the whole way. And even then, there's no real guarantee that we're seeing the same things. Hmm. Because it's something that's very individual, very, very catered to the person that's walking around. That's very interesting. I also think for our audience, if you don't know, if you hear the term VR... That's a virtual reality. Or you mm-hmm. might also hear AR, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. So those are some terms that you that are being thrown around with metaverse, Oculus glasses, those 3D right. glasses that people put on. I think what's what I saw when I was kind of looking into this, this is scary too. Recently, my pediatrician told me that they're not recommending tablets or phones for anyone under the age of five because coming out of pandemic, they were seeing kids' eyes. Right. have issues because they were looking at a screen so close. And you just wonder what are going to be the effects if this becomes a thing for our younger kids when there's not data on this yet. That's right. In fact, even the Oculus glasses, you know, it says in the packaging, it's not for kids under 13. Hmm. We all know just based on TikTok that kids lie and create accounts and maybe even use their parents' accounts to do things that they wouldn't technically be allowed to do. And there's not a whole lot of moderation uh, regarding age Mm. on the current social media. So 
I can imagine without some uh, outside factors that there's not a lot of uh, incentive for them to moderate the age. Interesting. So this is going to be one to watch. This Mm -hmm. is a trend that has been around for a while, but also is gaining traction, I think. As you said, companies are investing in it. So this is one to be aware of, to talk to your teens about. Yeah, it's definitely something to have conversations with. And like anything, I think just like the social media, if you're talking about time and what you're doing other than social media and how that affects you, I think teens are really open to straightforward conversations. How do you think this is affecting you? Mm -hmm. And do you think it's a positive influence? Do you think this is something that adds to your life or that makes you feel worse about yourself? And it's important for them to start really asking those questions themselves and making choices based on that. Okay, for our tip this week, I want to take a different direction, Kelly, and kind of get away from the social media. But I do think this is somewhat impacted by social media and that comparison that we talked about at the beginning. But let's talk about body image, especially at the beginning of the year when, as we talked about last week, so many goals are set to losing weight or changing the way that our bodies look. Yeah. I, like you said, it's a lot of that's influenced by other people's goals yes. for their body weight mm. and what's healthy. And it's having lived in different countries, I can attest it's different even what doctors say and what's considered healthy and normal from country to country. A lot of that is just based on what society decides. Oh, interesting. It is. It's fascinating. Um, and it's not a huge difference, but even five to 10 pounds of like this is healthy or not mm. makes a difference. So when talking about New Year's resolutions, I think personally that it's important to talk instead of talking about losing weight and maybe um, talk about uh, what you look like to talk more about how you feel mm. and what will make you stronger? Uh, at our house, everything that we talk about when we eat has to do with, is this building your muscles or is this not really helping you? Hmm. And we don't talk so much about, we, sometimes we talk about rotting your teeth, but we don't talk so much about <laughs> like, this is candy. making you fat or this right. is making you skinny. We talk about, hey, this will make you stronger and this will give you more energy uh, instead of talking about what you look like. Hmm. Interesting. So, Coming off of this, as we wrap up our podcast today, what are some goals maybe that we could set around health, but that are also like healthy body image goals that aren't just focused on how I look? Absolutely. Um, Especially things that can influence mental health as well, like Mm -hmm. walking outside for 30 minutes a day. Hmm. That's a very tangible goal that everyone can set. And, you know, if you don't achieve it every single day, that's great. Listen to the last podcast about that. Uh, Chris had some good tips. Mm -hmm. Eating five to seven servings of fruits and vegetables every day. That's a positive goal that everyone can try and do. It doesn't have to do with your weight or how you look at all. Uh, Drinking more water. I I think we all know that drinking more water is a good idea. Uh, It does make you healthier. It makes your body work better. But it also, like I said, doesn't have to do with body image. Interesting. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for bringing more knowledge more understanding about especially metaverse and what that looks like in social media. And we're just thankful for your expertise in this podcast episode. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. It's fun. All right. That's a wrap on this one. Thank you so much for listening. 
A special thanks to Carly Duke and to Kelly Fan for producing this podcast. Also to Luke Cabrera for our awesome podcast music. If you want to know more about Luke and his music, check out his contact info in the description. Well, this podcast is for the helpers, and we really hope you feel helped. If there's something we haven't talked about or a topic that you're really interested in, email us at podcast at teenlife.ngo, and we will do our best to get to that topic. We will see you next week.